Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, um, welcome to another episode of The Bob Chronicles, hosted by yours truly, Christian Paul, your one and only friend uh, coming by in this crazy odd space that we call life, um, courtesy of one of your, um, you know, average, you know, I won't even say self-proclaimed, maybe self-proclaimed, um, black autistic nerds coming to you live up on earth well god knows i don't know where i am at. i just got off a ufo ship right now and i'll tell you it's been literally insane y'all i i i, I tell you i got off this ufo ship literally coming off of uh, watching youtube i'm um, watching the daily wrap-up crew um the trio coming out of brooklyn new york up in new york city um and they had this clip right showing you about the whole um why Eli heed the bait, right? We have like a very young woman, um, basically by the name of Shay, and they when you know the trio basically asks um, the tough questions, which the trio consists of Eli, Ace, and Jew, right? Given the situation that she has when it comes to previous relationships, when um, they try to address um, her traumas head on, you know, all of a sudden like Shay was literally going balls off berserk, right? And I took my time to analyze the video for myself. I, I, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I got some instances and I got gut about this one, but I'm, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let this simmer down for a bit and like watch other reviews and see what other folks are saying and like see what other, see what other women are saying on this before I can make a um, proper discernment, you know? Because here I want to try and make sure moving forward um, on this podcast here, I want to make sure that my communication is. Um, literally um fully as best of the quorum as possible it could be still be explicit with like the explicit language yes but the communication has got to be as i say this the communication has to be in a way where it's fully sensitive fully sensitive where you'll be able to try to relate to everyone involved you know what i mean so that's why i try to aim to do moving forward um in regards to that you know to try to be avoiding being the next Myron gains of sorts um you know but that video literally had me thinking about what Kevin Samuel said and when it comes to um, leftover women in his terms. And it got me thinking about the ideals that he stated. Um, God rest Kevin Samuel's soul, by the way. Um, condolences to his family again. And um, side note, once I get info regards to the official autopsy report, because I know they're taking a little bit longer than expected with it now, um, I will definitely break that news to you guys here. Um, but anyway, right? Some of the ideas that he made in regards to leftover women, I understand where he's coming from in that sense, but I defer on how a leftover woman should be. Not just a leftover woman, right? But a leftover person, and I'm gonna go over um, those things in few details. I'm not what I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying um, that uh, what um, Kevin Samuels has said is complete bullshit. I'm not saying it's bullshit. I'm not saying it's false. What I'm saying is I, I defer on some aspects on what he's saying, right? And I'm gonna tell you um, deeply why um, in this episode. Um, really, literally coming up here, um, right? So. With that, I know for some women, um, this stuff may be triggering to some of y'all. Um, let me be very clear. This is in no way intent on trying to trigger as much people as I can. I want to try and make sure this episode um, goes 
um, make, make sure this episode goes smooth without um, minimal triggering as possible on this. Because I do defer with Kevin on some points in regards to this topic. But before um, I get to my point, I want to try and play um, part of Kevin Sammy's monologue on that in full. As well as go over a couple of articles that actually discuss um, the topic at hand. Uh, before we dig into the Kevin Samuels perspective, if you will. And note, the reason why I tiled the, tiled the challenging the Kevin Samuels ideals in this case, because Kevin Samuels is officially not part of Red Pill whatsoever. He does provide a very unique perspective, mainly to the black manosphere. You know what I'm saying? More so the manosphere, but more specifically the black manosphere. And one of those ideals I actually looked over thoroughly um, didn't fully sit right with me. I defer with him some points. But um, with that being said, let's get right into it. One more thing before I move on, though, right? Before we move forward. I know Kev always has, like, gives out the terms, you know, bond dogs not alone with um, certain women. I know he does it for the men and everybody that's involved, too. But I also want to try and make sure, um, make this very clear. We got some men out here that's also going to be buying some dogs and dying alone, which I will be discussing once all the clips are done. share men leftover women are going to have to share men and what is the term leftover women I didn't coin that 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 phrase is coined by the People's Republic of China that's why China. China 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 and what China has basically done is told women the truth one thing about China they're gonna keep a gangster uh, back when Mao Zedong was in, po in power they had the you know, iron girls because of the lack of uh, because they needed a man had a manpower shortage, so they basically bought into this whole notion of hey, you know what, women hold up half the sky and all this other stuff, and then they dropped adopted the one child policy. The one child policy basically said as a family you get one kid, so. That meant families had to choose, boys or girls, and families overwhelmingly chose boys um, for several different reasons. Now what's going on is China's recognized, uh-oh, maybe this whole social engineering thing wasn't that good of an idea. Maybe, just maybe, we need to, we need to let things sort back out. So now, no more one-child policy. And they're trying to encourage women to get married and have children because, guess what? They're recognizing that the world just doesn't work too well when you don't have enough families. And I think it's interesting that prior to 2020, if you look at any videos that were made for the public about Shang Yu, Shang Yu, leftover women, that's the word that actually means leftover cake. 
it was very much leaning in the side of all those poor women being forced to do X, Y, and Z, and you know those old, stupid, antiquated um, men, you know, don't understand how great and glamorous and wonderful women are. Oh, but how times have changed. How times have changed. How times have changed. And now the rest of the world is waking up to the notion that the Petro principle that exists in everything, 80%, 20%. When you force a man to the top, you have people competing for a scarce resource. So I want to put this concept here out to women in general, black women in particular. In Generation X, black women went, were getting higher and higher numbers in corporate America than their black male counterparts. You were accepting white collar positions. And we've talked about the, the, the things that have made the disparity. But the biggest difference is it's not about money. What this work that I've done has made me realize more than anything else is it's not about money. It's about lifestyle. And women have become accustomed to a certain lifestyle and they will die rather than go backwards. Now, you can say what they want to, but I know I've seen the truth. These focus groups, by the way, the focus group uh, in Atlanta is full. Um, I have a couple of backup spots, but these first, so let's talk about the focus groups. What I'm doing with these focus groups is I'm 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 getting I'm getting the word from the people in the work in the field, professional men and women in in major cities around this country, and I'm sitting down talking to them myself on my own dime. People have asked, well, what are they getting out of? You get to sit down and talk to me. You get to sit down and talk to me, you get to sit down and talk to other people and understand what's going on. Now, I've already done them in New York and L.A., and they have been smashing hits. But as we continue to go forward, I'm going to be doing more of them in Atlanta. And uh, I think it's funny that negatives on both sides. Look, I don't have any problem getting people to focus groups. Atlanta's full. New York is full. L.A. is getting there. Um, I've had requests to come to either Houston or Chicago. I may come to Texas. If I do, it'll likely be in Houston. And if you're a woman and you want to attend one of these folks groups, you, you're welcome to try to you're welcome to submit your application and fly in. I've also done something else. I've decided to have men's focus groups in this same city, and the criteria is even more strict. Men 35 to 50. Single, unmarried, childless. Profession, occupation, income, education. Um, and then the photos and everything else. And I will tell you one thing. The men have stepped up like a mother. In less than 24 hours in Atlanta, I have over 30 men who I verify they are who they say they are. So when you hear this bullshit that there are not enough men in Atlanta, that's crazy. 30 men, oh, I'm sorry, I've had over 30 men in Atlanta that are over six figures. When I talk about men in Atlanta, I've had close to 50 men in Atlanta, uh, $50,000 and higher, $75,000 and higher. But because I'm a realist, 
I'm looking for women 25 to 37 and men 30 to 55. Both single, both childless, both professional. And talking and understanding why these people can't find one another. And one of the big reasons they can't find one another is because of all the BS that's being put out there by people who have a vested interest in keeping this mess going. We have seen more women who quit matchmaking because it's too hard to work with women. We've seen more people in the tell women what they want business now starting to try to keep it real with women. But the difference is you don't have any men. So to my critics and detractors, you can say what you want about me, but I will say this to anybody who listens to people, you need to look at the men that are following the people you talk about because that's who they're actually speaking to and for. And the purpose of these focus groups is to get information. But whatever comes out of this is going to come out, and I guarantee you, I'll put the results of my stuff over here and what we're doing against anybody. And why are we, why is this important? Because in the 80s and 90s, so many women got the wrong message. Career, job, and then they thought that they could go do that, and then when they hit... You know, the danger zone. Danger zone! 27 to 35, that they could just turn around and pull a man off the tree. Now, women continue to say that there's a man shortage, but what they're not saying is it's the men they want. Women are not focusing on average guys. Let's, let's be real. You're not focusing on an average guy. You could care less about the guy who works third shift at the plant. Or the, or the blue-collar laborer. That is not who your first pick is. You want the white-collar, six-foot-tall, attractive jawline dude that uh, can do as a sexual professional. I, I don't... Hey, ladies, no, no heat, no judgment. No heat, no judgment. You are free to want what you want, but understand something. Especially Generation X and late millennials. Ladies, if you are over 35, you've already had your glory days. You had it from 18 to 30. And what did you choose to do with that time? If you chose to focus on anything other than relationship and family, that's your choice. But... Now you have to understand it's not your time anymore. This is what this is the big issue. Women keep coming back saying that there are not enough men. And here's the issue that women in their 30s want men who would be high value, six-figure plus earning men. And when they say that I want six figures, Understand, the only reason they say that is because they think it sounds bad, but they want to be able to go to Ruth Chris on Tuesday. They want to be able to go to Papa Doe. They want to be able to buy uh, a Laya uh, <laughs> Balm. I love those shoes. Yeah. You know my chick because she wears a, she'll be wearing those. Anyway, they want to be able to wear Saint Laurent and Valentino. They want to be able to do these things. They, they want a certain lifestyle. They want a Midtown Buckhead lifestyle. They want a West Village Highland Park lifestyle. They want a Frisco Plano home. This is what the women want. And they won't say it because 
Oh, and, and then and the thing is, they shy away from the money, but they want men who fit an archetype. And here's the funny thing, ladies. You are officially left over. 36 to 60. In China, it would be 27 to 35. You're past the danger zone. If you're over 35, you are officially an American leftover woman. Childless, doesn't matter, with or without kids. The more things you have that uh, look like responsibility, the more strikes you have. And I'm not supposed to tell you this, but hey, it's the truth. What's the issue? The I mean, get the likes up, man. We should have over 3,000 likes. Oh, no, no, no. Hit the like button. Hit the like button. Let's get it. Let's get it. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and do that, too. Let's do that over here. That's the Instagram ready to go. Um, share a share a man. All right, ladies. <clears throat> All right, ladies, if you are over the, <clears throat> shout out to Instagram, ladies, if you are over the age of 35, if you are over the age of 35 in the United States of America, that officially makes you a leftover woman. Danger zone! 27 to 35 is the danger zone. That's when you need to focus like a laser on the outcomes you want. But if you have made it to 35 years old and you're unmarried, you are a leftover woman. A leftover woman. You are what is left. Men know that there's something likely wrong with you. Whether you want to hear it or not, I'm going to just go there with you. I'm telling you the truth that you don't want to hear. Men know that there's something likely wrong with you. But you cannot be fit in a, a, an adjustable six or higher, 35, unmarried. Something wrong with you. That's where men are automatically coming at it. And here's the thing. Just like when you were between the ages of 18 and uh, 25 and you didn't want to settle, you were trying to get the, you were trying to get the CEO, the pilot, the investment banker. You were trying to get fluid out. You were trying to do, because trust me, when I would do my focus groups, I've already talked about the focus groups. They are doing wonderfully, by the way. Atlanta, the men in Atlanta have showed up big. I have over, like I said, I have over 30 men in Atlanta, single, unmarried, childless, over six figures that have already showed up. I'm going to have to have more focus groups in Atlanta. Um, the Atlanta Women's Focus Group, it's full, but I'm going to have two backup spots. All right. New York Focus Group and LA Focus Groups are getting full. So these are going to work out really well. Women 27, and you must follow the instructions. If you don't follow the instructions, I'm not even responding. Um, and you must attend. You have to attend in person. Not Zoom call. You got to come out and show up. We've done enough online. We got to get in the, in, the, in the field where the work is real. But let's go into it. If you are over 35, ladies, you've had your you've had your time. You've had your time. You've had your time. And now what it is, is it's the men's time. It's the men's time. Now, there's a notion that, that men over uh, over a certain age don't want to get uh, don't want a serious relationship. That's not true. 
The thing is, ladies, you you ladies want a lifestyle. You want a man that can afford a Ruth Chris Mastro's Highland Park Midtown Bughead Plano uh, Frisco lifestyle. You want a guy who can afford a Dumbo Columbus Circle Soho kind of lifestyle. Knock the stop the cap. I know. I talk to you. I deal with you. I know. You don't want an outback. Applebee's, TJI Friday's lifestyle. You don't want a Macy's, J.C. Penney's lifestyle. You barely want to shop at Nordstrom. You want Saks Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus. No heat, no judgment. But the problem is your sexual marketplace value. You don't have enough on your card. You don't have enough of a limit. You don't have enough of a limit. So just like you didn't want to sell in your 18 to 25 years, neither do these guys. Here's what's going to happen. If you are a woman, 35 plus, and you want a man that's uh, on the same lifestyle level, you're going to have to share him. You're going to have to share him. Because, why? Because you didn't get him when you should have. That's just the bottom line. You should have got him between the ages of 18 and 25. But you, whatever you, whatever the reasons were, you chose not to marry in your prime. So if you're over 35 and you want a man in this category, you're going to have to share. And that's the problem. It's not as though that women can't find men in this category. Top 10%, top 15%, top 20% men. It's not that these men don't exist. It's not that they can't find them. They want these men and they want these men to be monogamously, one-on-one -on -one committed to them. And these men are not going to do it. They're simply not going to do it. Why? Because they don't have to. Not with you. If they're going to commit monogamously, they're going to commit to somebody who can deliver them their own children. They're going to commit to somebody who's still in their prime. To if his value, if his if his sexual marketplace value is here, and your sexual marketplace value is here, you're going to have to share him because he's higher. Sin. Mate matching. I don't, and it doesn't matter what your degree is. Or I don't your need a mate. All that does not matter. It matters the fact that you are mismatched mate value if a man's mate value is here and you are over 35 your mate value only goes down every year fertility being one of them so it's not as though men are getting revenge or anything like that it's just they don't have to why pay full price for something that is on sale at another place Neiman Marcus Saks Fifth Avenue they carry great name brands, Chanel, Tom Ford, um, Saint Laurent. But sometimes they run sales to where you can get a, a gift card or this or that. But even Tom Ford from time to time will mark stuff down. It, stores mark stuff down. And if you can go get something at Tom Ford, if you can go get a shirt at Saks Fifth Avenue, it's Tom Ford, and go to the Tom Ford Boutique, and one is 15% off, you're going to go where it costs less, especially if it's the same item. Ladies, you're worth less. Even though you feel like you're worth more because you're older, you're more mature, you're worth less because you're not in your sexual marketplace prime. So what am I saying? I'm saying that if you're over 35 as a woman and you want to date men that are around your age, you're going to have to share him. Sin. That's the problem. That's what you hear all this, all these women talking about. Can you be loyal? Can you be faithful? 
No, they don't have to. Don't have to. You just need to decide how many women you're going to share with. If you're a smart woman, in my opinion, you need to decide how many women you're going to share with. It has to at least be two. Well, I'm not saying at least two, at least one. At least one. You're going to have to share with at least one. And here's the problem. Women are hot about this concept. And I sat there and I wondered, why are we seeing all these 35-year-old, 40-year-old women who I think are attractive, who are educated, who got their shit together? I, I see them, but when I date them, I'm like, I see why you're single. I understand why you're single. You prioritized your career and you are, are you're, you're not as easy to get along with as women who are younger. And, you're, and what you deliver, the, the pressure that happens when you deal with a woman around 35 is immense because they want to get married quickly and they want to have children. And you're not going to rush a man who is uh, higher value than you down the aisle to have children with a woman who's older. You misplayed your hand. And this is what you're going to have to deal with. If you want, so here's the rubber meets the road. Let me talk to you over here because what you're starting to see more women of value you're starting to see more women who are making money settling for men who are younger than them how many times every day you're starting to see a woman who's 49 or 50 year old getting caught with a 25 year old why because you have a rock because because that's approximately what your value is you can't get caught with a 50 year old man He's with the 25-year-old. Now, my question is, why are women who had their glory day, your heyday, you had your time where you're getting flued out and getting into VIP and this and that, why do you expect a man now who had to become who he was, you just had to maintain your value? Why do you expect... See, women don't want fairness. They want all of it. They wanted to have that glory day, and then they want to get a high-value man, and they want monogamy. Strict monogamy. Okay, so I'm going to ask the ladies over here. Ladies, why do you want, why, if, if you, why are you demanding that a man is monogamous to you? Why are you demanding that a man is monogamous to you? Let's bring in Instagram. Why are you demanding that a man is monogamous to you? Um, All right, ladies and gentlemen, now that we have went through the full um, Kevin Samuels monologue on um, basically uh, leftover women, you know, basically the full clip, um, I want to try and just dig real deep on to um, the meaning of Shang Nu, which I looked up on Wikipedia that Kevin Samuels was referring to, right? So the title Shang Nu, when you look it up on Wikipedia, the type S. H-E-N-G-N-U, um, space N-U, and you'll be able to find out on Wikipedia there, and I'll give you the whole explanation, but I'll give you a quick um, overview here. Sing Nu, um, basically, is Chinese for leftover women or leftover ladies, 
is a derogatory term popularized by the All China Women's Federation that classifies women who remain unmarried in their late 20s and beyond. Most commonly used in China, the term has also been used colloquially to refer to women in India, North America, and other parts of Asia. The term compares unmarried women to leftover food and has gone on to become widely used in the mainstream media and has been a subject of several television series, magazine, newspaper articles, and book publications, focusing on the negative connotations and positive reclamation of the term. While initially backed and disseminated by pro-government in 2007, the term eventually came under criticism from government published newspapers two years later. Su Xiaomin of the China Daily described the Shane News as a social force to be reckoned with, and others have argued the term should be taken as a positive to mean successful women. The slang term 3S or 3S woman, meaning single, 70s, and stuck, has also been used in place of Shane Nu. The equivalent term for men, Wangun, meaning bare branches, is used to refer to men who do not marry and thus do not add branches to the family tree. So I know that I'm going to be discussing that later on in that episode. Getting back to um, the article here from Wikipedia. Similarly, saying none of leftover men has also been used. Scholars have noted that this term is not as commonly used as leftover women. Chinese society and that single males reaching a certain age will often be labeled as either golden bachelors or diamond single men. Now, Background story as a long-standing tradition, early age marriage was prevalent in China in the past. It was until 2005 that nearly 2% of females aged between 30 and 34 were single. Um, by contrast, 10% of males were single. China's one-child policy, family planning program, and sex-selective abortions have led to disproportionate growth in the country's gender balance. Approximately 20 million more men than women have been born since the one-child policy was introduced in 1979 or 120 males born for every 100 females. By 2020, China is expected to have 24 million more men than women. The global average is 103 males to 107 females. According to the New York Times, the State Council of the People's Republic of China, um, Central People's Government issued an edict in 2007 regarding the Population and Family Planning Program, One Child Policy, to address the urgent gender imbalance and cited as a major threat to social stability. The Council further cited upgrading population qualities, Suzi, as one of its primary goals and appointed the All China Women's Federation, a state agency established in 1949, to protect women's rights and interests to oversee and resolve the issue. The exact etymology of the term is not conclusively known, but most reliable sources cited as having entered the mainstream in 2006. The China Daily reported in 2011 that Zhu Wei, the editor-in-chief of the Cosmopolitan magazine China, coined the term. The term Shang New literally translates to leftover ladies or leftover women. The China Daily newspaper further reported that the term originally gained popularity in the city of Shanghai and later grew to nationwide prominence. In 2007, the, that the um, Ministry of Education of the People's Republic of China excuse me, released an official statement defining Shang New as any unmarried woman over the age of 27 added to the national lexicon. According to several sources, the government mandated the All-China Women's Federation to publish serious articles stigmatizing unwedded women who were in their late 20s. In March 2011, the All-China Women's Federation posted a controversial article titled Leftover Women Do Not Deserve Our Sympathy Solely After International Women's Day. An excerpt states, Pretty girls do not need a lot of education made to a rich and powerful family, but girls who have an ugly appearance will find it difficult. And these girls hope to further education on inclusive competitiveness. The tragedy is they don't realize that is that women AIDS, they are worth less and less. So by the time they get their MA or PhD, they're already old like yellow pearls. Originally, at least 15 articles were available on its website related to the subject of Shane New, which have now been subsequently removed. That included matchmaking device and tips. 
um, China's culture and statistics, um, the National Bureau of Statistics um, of the People's Republic of China, um, and state census figures supported approximately one in five women between the age of 25 to 29 remain unmarried and contrast reports on unwed men at age range is much higher than around one in three. And a 2010 Chinese National Marriage Survey reported that nine out of 10 men believe that women should be married before they are 27 years old. 7.4% of Chinese women between 30 and 34 were unmarried and the percentage falls to 4.6% between the ages of 35 and 39. In comparison to other neighboring countries with similar traditional values, these figures put China as having some of the highest female marriage rates in the world. Despite being categorized as a relatively rare demographic, the social culture and traditions of China have put the issue in the social spotlight. Nevertheless, under the context of the one-child policy, gender-selective abortion causes the population of males in China to exceed that of females. Um, as indicated by the relevant data, more than 10% of males aged over 50 will choose not to enter into marriage in 2044. Even under this circumstance, the term Shane knew was invented in youth society for the purpose of criticizing those females choosing to live unmarried. Studying married couples in China know that men tend to marry down the socioeconomic ladder. There's option that A quality guys will find B quality women, B quality guys find C quality women, and C quality women will find D quality women, says Wang Yang Yang Wan. The people left are A quality women and D quality men. So if you're a leftover woman, you are A quality. A University of North Carolina demographic who studies China and center imbalance. Young Kai further notes that men at the bottom of society get left out of the marriage market, and that same pattern is coming to emerge for women at the top of society. China and many other Asian countries share a long history of conservative and patriarchal view of marriage, and the family structure including marrying at a young age and hypergamy. The pressure from society and family has, has been a source of criticism, shame, social embarrassment, and social anxiety for many women who are unmarried. Chen, another woman interviewed by the BBC, said the Shang knew are afraid their friends and neighbors would regard me as abnormal and my parents would also feel that they were totally losing face when their friends all have grandkids already. Similar sentiment has been shared amongst other women in China, particularly amongst recent university graduates. A report by CNN cited a survey of 900 female university graduates across 17 Chinese universities, where approximately 70% of those surveys said their greatest fear is becoming a 3S lady. Under the patriarchal system in China, males tend to come under a substantial financial pressure. For example, when regarding marriage in China, a great importance is often attached to male ownership of property and vehicle. This is evidence in a survey which revealed that less than 20% of parents and daughters do not consider the ownership of a property as a precondition for marriage. This may have caused to be laid the blame on females. Moreover, the social image of so-called Shang News is characterized by monetary worship, egocentricity, and selfishness. Besides, people consider Shang New as setting the bar high for their future partner but lacking in the virtues required as tradition in the old times. Some females regard marriage as a springboard to improve the quality of life. At one of the most popular day and TV show broadcasts in China, a female participant blatantly claimed that I'd rather climb a BMW than laugh on a bicycle. When an unemployed male participant questioned her whether or not she is willing to take a ride on a bike, this remark went viral and streamed on social media in China and attracted widespread criticism for many unmarried females. The increasing popularity of unwed women in China has been largely credited to the growing educated middle class women are more free and able to live independently in comparison to previous generations. Forrest reported that in 2013, 11 of the 20 richest self-made women in the world are Chinese. In addition, the site said Chinese female CEOs make up 90% of women in management jobs, making the second highest worldwide to Thailand. A rapidly growing trend in premarital sex has been commonly surveyed and known amongst women in China. 
1989, 15% of Chinese women engaged in premarital sex. Excuse me. Okay, so compared to 2013, where 60% had done so, Chinese Academy of Social Sciences Professor Lee states that this shows an increase in the types of relationships amongst new generations in China. The term has also been embraced by some feminists with the opening of Shang New Social Clubs and the interview of fascinated Sandra Bao. By the political center on crisis support and Bao said that many modern single women in China enjoy their independence and feel comfortable holding out for the right man, even as they grow older. See, further explained, we don't want to make compromise because of age of social pressure. Between 2008-2012, sociologist Sandy Toh, while at the University of Cambridge, conducted a grounded theory method study in China regarding the topic. Toh's research focused on marriage partner choice by Chinese professional women in the form of typology of four different partner choice strategies. The main finding say found that contrary to popular belief that highly educated single women remain unmarried or do not want to take on traditional roles in marriage because of personal preference that in contrast they commonly have an appetite for marriage and that their main obstacle is traditional patriarchal attitudes. The study also pointed out that in other Asian countries such as Japan, Singapore, South Korea, and Taiwan, where women have been receiving a high education, that correspondingly the average age of marriages among them is much higher. The Chinese People's Daily cited a 2012 United Nations survey that found 74% of women in the United Kingdom and 70% of women in Japan were single between the ages of 25 and 29. The China Daily published an article that cited figures from the 2012 United Nations World Marriage Data, which reported that 38% of women in the United States and more than 50% of women in Britain remain unmarried in their 30s now with the media um the chinese media has capitalized on the subject matter with television shows viral videos newspapers and magazine articles and pundits they have sharply criticized women for waiting it out for a man with a bigger house or a fancier car the television series comedy will you marry me and my family which premiered on cctv8 that revolves around the principal concept of shang nu as a family frantically searches for a prospective spouse of the main character who is in her 30s. This series and You Are The One, Media Corp Channel 8, have been accredited with minting terms like the Shang New Economy and further bringing the subject in the public fascination and obsession. If You Are The One, Jiangsu Satellite Television is a popular Chinese game show loosely based on Taken Out. Excuse me. Whose rise has been credited with the national obsession chronicle surrounding Shang Nu. <laughs> the show between 2010 and 2013 was China's most viewed game show. The media is always an attempt to highlight the anxiety people feel about late marriage, even no marriage. Whether in reality show or drama, people tend to make jokes on Shang Nu. For example, in a TV show known as Our Apartment, they brand a female character with a doctor degree as gender neutral. Implying that she needs to be nice to a boyfriend because it's difficult for a female doctor to find a boyfriend if they break up with each other. In response to a popular music video called No Car No House about blue-collar Chinese bachelors, another music video called No House No Car was made by a group of women and uploaded on International Women's Day. The video was viewed over 1.5 million times over the first few days on the Chinese video site Yuku. Other commercial interests have taken advantage of the situation such as the increased popularity of boyfriends for hire. The concept have has also been turned into a popular television drama series called Man and Girl for Home Reunion. The topic has also been the subject of real works. Hong Kong author Amy Chung's best-selling novel, Hummingbirds Fly Backwards, depicts the anxieties of three unmarried women on the verge of turning 30. 
It is also worth knowing that the Chinese English language news media has more often challenged the leftover myth than perpetuated it. The media representation of leftover women has shown four distinct ideologies, namely ageism, heteronormativity, patriarchy, and egalitarianism. Similarly, the Western English language news media has formulated the female individualization discourse that emphasizes independence and self-actualization. Longevity and Consequences Experts have further theorized about the terms longevity as the National Population and Family Plan Commission has been moving towards phasing out the one-child policy in favor of an appropriate and scientific family plan policy, um, one-child policy, where the child limit may be increased. He fame the China Daily points out the same new phenomenon is none like the feminist movement in the West, in which women constantly demanded equal rights and jobs and strive for independence. Variety change has been subtle, and that perhaps decades later will be viewed as a symbol of China's social progress and a turning point for the role of women in society. <laughs> in an article by the South China Morning Post, it concludes with Mount Preston dwindling hosts of filling both career and personal business homes from business and homes, excuse me, for women such as you, the urge to pack up and leave only grows stronger with time. Without women such as her, though, the mainland would be left with not only a weaker economy, but even a greater pool of frustrated leftover men. Divorce rates in Shanghai and Beijing, China's two most populated economic centers, have been steadily rising since 2005, with a reaching 30% in 2012. In 2016, divorce rates rose by 8.3% from 2015 to 4.2 million. At the same time, in 2017, marriage rates have declined since 2013 to 8.3%, down from a peak of 9.9 in 2013. These, among other contributing factors, is online dating and upward mobility. People have attributed to personal average age of marriage in China 27, up from 20 in 1950, making it closer to global marriage trends. Now, the movement, Shane New. Influence of media in the movement. The Shang New movement uses the internet and media as how to remove the stigma against left the woman. SK2, a Japanese skincare brand launched in the early 1980s, has launched a global campaign called Chain Hashtag Change Destiny to empower women affected by the presence against quote unquote leftover women. In their campaign video, Marriage Market Takeover, stories of women who overcame the challenges of being unmarried after they turned 27. The video includes interviews from leftover women. In the interview, Wang Xiaokui describes how parents pursue their marriage by arguing that marriage doesn't wait. She refuses them by she refuses them by saying, "Even if I don't have a significant other half, I can still live wonderfully." Wonderfully, the commercial was launched with the idea of taking over the marriage market, a place where Chinese parents essentially advertise children's marriage potential, listening to height, weight, salary, virus, and personality. <clears throat> Reaction. <laughs> Powerful figures in the modern-day China publicly expressed their irritation towards the growing feminist movement and their male-dominated society. Feng Gang, a leading sociologist, posted on social media, his has proved that academia is not the domain of women. Zhu Yuxi, the CEO of one of China's most popular gaming companies, Zhuohi Network, mentioned if a woman is in her lifetime has fewer than two children, no matter how hard she works, she is destined to be unhappy. These comments are some of the many examples of the outward condemnation towards the growing feminist movement in China. China's government has have also been known to combat the growing feminist movement in China. On International Women's Day in 2015, feminists in China were detained for publicly raising awareness about sex harassment on public transportation. <coughs> that, that's insane. Continuing, five women in Beijing 
were also arrested and sent to a detention center by the Public Security Bureau for handing out the feminist sticker. In 2017, Women's Voices, a social media account ran by China's most prominent feminists, was suspended with no specific explanation as to why. The first female president of Taiwan, signing when age 59 at the time she assumed the office, was criticized for being an unmarried president and so-called quote-unquote leftover woman. The Chinese state newspaper Xinhua Xing Tsai Ing-wen by commenting as a single female politician she lacks the emotional drag of love the pull of home and no children to care for. Chinese women have taken this to the form of social clubs where they support one another over the pressures of marriage and motherhood. An article written by the Atlantic state that these social groups have over a thousand members. Sandra Bao is a co-founder and a fashion magazine editor who formed a social group known as Leftover Attitude in Shanghai as a way to support a married professional woman. She states, parents are pressuring us. The media labels us. There's a whole industry of matchmakers and others out there telling us it's a problem to be single. Recently, feminists in China changed the original meaning of leftover woman into victorious woman, but retained the pronunciation as Shang Nu. This move is purpose to emphasize the independence gained by single women. In fact, unlike the social image imposed on Shang Nu, most unmarried females living in urban areas do not value wealth as a sole criterion when they search for the other half, even though they will not completely ignore that. Sexism in China. Sexism is prominent in China's job field where women are either expected to meet China's many societal standards or aren't given any opportunities at all on the basis of their gender. In male-dominated areas of technology and construction, one of the requirements needed to get the job may actually require the applicant to be a male. According to the South China Morning Post, gender discrimination is deeply ingrained in Chinese society, which for centuries was dominated by Confucianism, which places women as inferior to men. Gender discrimination also occurs in employment where women have to fit certain physical features to be hired. Sexism exists in the Chinese employment system. Brian Stafford from Human Rights Watch describes sexual objectification of women. Treating women as a mere object of sexual desire is prevalent in Chinese job advertising. Some job posts require women to have certain physical attributes with respect to height, weight, voice, or face, or appearance that are completely relevant to the execution of job duties. Legal action has been taken against sexism in China's job field in 2014. A woman named Cao Ju was refused a job in a private tutoring firm during in Beijing based on the fact that she was a woman. The company settled for 30,001 for what's known to be China's first gender discrimination lawsuit. Cal justified her actions by saying that I think as long as a person is capable of doing the work the post requires, then it's relevant. Traditional patriarchy and modern egalitarianism shaped Chinese womanhood within the Chinese social cultural context. In other cultures, in the United States, comparisons have been made to a 1986 Newsweek cover and featured article that said women who weren't married by 40 had a better chance of being killed by terrorists than of finding a husband. Newsweek eventually apologized for the story in 2010 launched a study that discovered two or three women who were 40 and single in 1986 had married since. The story caused a wave of anxiety and some skepticism amongst professional and highly educated women in the United States. The article was cited several times in a 1993 Hollywood film, Sleepers in Seattle, starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. The Chinese People's Daily, known in the United States' study, mentioned earlier that in the United States in 2012, nearly half of all women between 25 and 29 was single. The term bachelorette is used to describe any unmarried woman who is still single. 
The popular American reality television series The Bachelorette capitalizes on matchmaking often successful businesswomen in their mid to late 20s with other eligible bachelors. Former Los Angeles Deputy Mayor Joy Turner Times American World Book Tell Do Not Marry Before Age 30. Turner's book, a pop culture bestseller, was commissioned and published by the Chinese government's self help book for unmarried women. In an earlier interview with the China Daily, she was quoted saying, We should not just try to find a mystery right now, but a mystery right forever. The same year, Chen was named Woman of the Year by the All China Women's Federation. Other countries, Singapore is noted to have gone through a similar period. In 1983, then Prime Minister of Singapore, Ki Luan Kuan Yu, sparked the great marriage debate when he encouraged Singapore men to choose highly educated women as wives. When he was concerned that a large number of graduate women were unmarried, some sections of the population, including graduate women, were upset by his views. Nevertheless, a matchmaking agency, Social Development Unit, was set up to promote socializing among men and women graduates. In the graduate mother scheme, Lee also introduced incentives to attach rebate schooling and house priorities for graduate mothers who had three or four children. And a reversal of the over-successful Stop at Two Family Plan campaign in the 1960s and 1970s. By the late 1990s, the birth rate had fallen so low that Lee's successor, Go Chak Tung, extended these incentives to all married women and gave even more incentives such as the baby bonus scheme. Lee reaffirmed this controversial position in his personal memoir from third world to first. Many well-educated Singaporean women did not marry and have children. The 2012 UN study cited by the Chinese People's Daily reported that in Britain, 74% and in Japan, 70% of all women between 25 and 29 were single. A similar feature in the People's Daily focused on the reception of the concept of Xing Yu from netizens outside of China, particularly in Asia, specifically Korea, Japan, and India. One Japanese netizen noted that during the 1980s, the term Christmas cakes was commonly used to refer to women who were unmarried and beyond the national age average of married women. The actual reference to Christmas cakes is saying, who wants Christmas cakes at this December 25th? A newer term has since supplanted this one referring to unmarried women as unsold goods. Another contributor wrote similarly, a class of highly educated independent age 27 and a woman who choose to live a more liberated life put their talents less skill to good use society is happening in India. People must make their own choices and must simply refuse others' labels and be blissfully happy. See further explained. Alternatively, for men in Japan, the term her before men is used to describe men who have no interest in getting married to find a girlfriend. The China Daily posts the question on a leftover woman unique Chinese phenomenon on the opinions column. We decided they own experience university say they too felt societal and family pressures in their 30s and 40s for marriage. Young Kai studies China's greater imbalance at the University of North Carolina stated, The same new phenomenon and similar trends we've already seen around the world. In countries ranging from the United States to Japan, as higher education and increased employment give women more autonomy. Kai cites studies show that women are now breaking the tradition of mandatory marriage to have fewer children or marry later on in life. <laughs> Other typologically more similar terms that are still used in the modern lexicon of other countries and cultures to the concept has existed in some cases as far back as the 16th century. The term Spencer was used to describe unmarried or single women of a marriageable age. It wasn't until 2004 when the Civil Partnership Act replaced the word spinster with single in the relationship history section of marriage certificates in the UK. Subsequently, at the height of the Industrial Revolution, the term surplus woman was used to describe the excess of unmarried women in Britain. The card game Old Maid sees people competing to avoid being labeled as an old maid, i.e. a leftover woman. It has its roots in the medieval world. Caterina was a traditional French label for women 25 years old or older who were still unmarried by the Feast of St. Catherine of Alexandria on 20 November 25th. 
the French idiom to do St. Catherine's hair meaning, meaning to remain an old maid is also associated with this tradition. And the Wikipedia article ends right there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, now that we got that article out of the way, um, now we can try to dig in on what the leftovers um, should truly be defined, um, in my um, personal opinion, right? Because I know Kevin Samuels is speaking for the men that he actually spoke with uh, that are in like higher any positions that are in, like LinkedIn level. Once I understand, I'm not trying to de- I'm not trying to, like the de- de- diminish his credit or his knowledge at all. Um, God rest his soul, right? But also take notes, right? And this is coming from a person who graduated with a degree in engineering and also a master's degree in applied mathematics and statistics, right? Yes, you got stats for standing basically down to the public, but always remember when it comes to the statistics being shown and presented that there's always a sample size involved and there's always going to be an error rate involved within those statistics behind the scenes. Not every uh, metric, not every item is going to be counted nationwide or even worldwide. There's, there's always going to be a pull involved in that study um, when recorded <laughs> right it's just basically seeing who participated who did not participate um based on that study when that group um, within that group meaning that's recorded and it could be uh, within um black enterprise it could be within black enterprise black demographics.com um u.s census bureau um national bureau of uh, justice statistics um national institute of health um u.s census bureau Right, um, U.S. development of um, economic commerce as well. Any uh, statistics that um, they may file within like a private or a public organization that they be may be able to recruit subjects in order to partake in that matter. Um, there's always going to be an area in between. There will always be a sample size involved in those studies. So always take note that when you see people present certain statistics in order to back up their claims and to back up their narrative. All right. Um, now, let's get straight to the issue at hand. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please hear me and please hear me very clear and very well. Um, the stuff that I'm going to be dissecting in this episode, um, specifically in regards to the situation, um, may trigger some people. It could be triggering a lot of, definitely it could trigger a lot of women and some men if they don't go through this area, if they don't, if they don't stick with me throughout this whole episode on what I'm trying to explain here, Right. Now, getting back with Kevin Samuels, to be more specific with Kevin Samuels, he is basically telling um, straight truths based on his previous experiences when it comes to MS Consulting and sales, um, based on doing a bunch of experiments with uh, certain men that are in like the top upper class, making at least about $100,000 a year, even a lot of men that are making about 250 300 even half a mil up to a mil yearly, right, on um, basically what they desire is based on his on the ground boots on the ground um trial and error experience so i want to try and make that extremely clear right so his intent clearly was to give women who are seeking high value men in those fields 
practical odds of actually getting one of them if they choose that route in the hope of paying women of all creeds with other classes of men, whether in the upper middle class, whether they're in the middle class, lower middle class, or even in the lower class, you know, so that they could build like a happy and fruitful life together, uh, more specifically in the black community. Yes, for some people, his delivery may be oftentimes, which I can fully agree with, which I can fully understand. And I can understand uh, some women's frustration um, in regards to those situations. But his, his, his intent is like all good and well. And some of the stuff that I heard even behind the scenes, like when he's off camera, when he was with his girlfriend, Hortensia at the time, um, who um, unfortunately was trying to save Kevin's life um, due to all this. You know, he, 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 Kevin was a bit bodied behind the scenes, you know, dealing with these types of responses that he was receiving from women that you've seen on social media. Right, but um, I digress from that. So Kevin's theory basically states, right, um, if a woman is thirty-six and over, and she's unmarried, regardless or not that she has children, um, she is automatically a leftover woman based on the findings that he found. Given that women over 36 are at higher risk of geriatric pregnancy, um, they could be having like more than likely be, can be given birth to twins. They could give, give birth to children with developmental disabilities, learning disabilities or other conditions if um, their eggs are aging out and if they're not being as proficient as they were um, in their use um, based on the, 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 the statistics that he has found. Right now. Even though, you know, they he found those statistics and he actually studied them. Again, as I said earlier, there's always a sample size involved. There's no guarantee that it could be affecting every single woman that went in that age because it's not really fully a black and white scenario. Um, there could be women who are in their 20s or even in their lower 30s that are having trouble um, giving birth right now due to other um gynecological conditions i.e pcos or any other diseases they may be having ovarian cancer that can make them infertile or sterile right you, you they, they could have situations like this or they could have infertility in numerous ways based on the medication that they take right you it's impossible to fully know every single woman's story to try and get some of the statistics that they have which I thoroughly advise women to please speak with your gynecologist. If you feel that some off, you still want to have kids or try to freeze your eggs, please go speak with your primary care physician as well as a gynecologist to actually discuss what's the possible options for you. And if you want to, if you decide that you want to have kids with your significant other in the future, uh, whether it's cohabitation or marriage, right? So that's basically what Kevin Samuel's definition of a leftover woman is. Um, I respectfully disagree with that. I defer on uh, what he has said on those things. And I have my own definition of what a leftover person is, not just a leftover woman. Again, RIP to Kevin in regards to this, but I'm going to defer um, based on what the definition of what a leftover should be. Because there are people that have married up in like the upper 30s and have kids up into their 40s have multiple kids and they have been doing well, actual healthy kids in that matter. There have been cases where they have women who are like around 45 giving birth for the very first time. Now it is risky and the odds of had given like um having a healthy and safe pregnancy are lower than actually like women giving birth in their 20s and 30s. You know, that's definitely guaranteed. But it has been done, right? 
So again, it's not really it's, there's some grade that's in between, and you know there's some definitely couples that have married within their 40s and 50s that you know understood the reality of the matter that um they may not be able to make kids on their own and they choose a right for adoption if they choose so if that if that may be the case with them. There may be some young dudes that go for like elderly women and marry them to try to have kids and they end up adopting them as well. You no, know, I, I, in my opinion, I think it would be like a worse route to go in my personal opinion to do. But there has been some couples where you have men like literally like six, ten years younger than a woman. And so far, they're like living like in like certain, in certain relationships that they have, even though at times in some of those relationships, the woman's basically leading the whole charge. You know what I mean? But again, to each his own, you know, you you guys do what you feel is best for you at the end of the day. And then let's settle on the stuff to it. Um, some of the stuff that I will be saying is going to be based on my personal opinion um, on this, right? On this situation. So um, with that, my definition of a leftover, my theoretical definition of the leftover in my personal opinion um, is of the following, right? <laughs> And it basically classifies um, who a leftover is, right? I got multiple points based on that. But first, I'm going to try and start off um, with the temporary, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So temporary number one, right? T1 uh, is someone who is bitter and arrogant for no reason or for a jazz reason. We call that person a leftover. T2. A leftover is someone who is deeply traumatized and is unwilling, keyword, unwilling to heal or not finding the right source to heal, i.e. not trying to find like the right source or not finding the right therapist to heal too, whether it be any foreign mental health specialist, um, therapist, psychi psychologist, um, psychiatrist, however it may be, right? Uh, any mental health specialist, they don't go within those right channels, you know, and they are unwilling to heal that and they try to find some other way and still be in like a constant state of denial. That person has a leftover, right? T3, right? Someone who abuses people psychologically or physically and is unwilling to heal themselves from that trauma, right? That's the third one. That's another form of leftover. T4, Someone whose deep insecurities literally take over their daily routine, which leads me back to T2. Now I want to get they self-healed through a mental health specialist. That's the leftover right there. And T5, the temporary fifth point that I want to discuss um, based on the leftover, right? And that's suspected, right? If a woman has been pregnant multiple times and the woman is obviously not a virgin, and this is the part where body count um, matters in this case here, depending on uh, that situation. And I'm going to go dig deeper on that later on in this part. If a woman has aborted at least one fetus or multiple fetuses over the years, if she has aborted multiple pregnancies over the years, and if you find out that your partner as a man, if you find out that your partner as a man, um, Basically, um, your woman over there, your partner has aborted fetuses in the past. You want to thoroughly dig deep um, as to why she has chosen to do that, whether it's irresponsibility, whether it's actually to preserve the life of herself or it's like a very tight situation with any type of medical condition that she has or if she's dealing with like another serious condition like either rape or incest. Right. Which can easily traumatize that woman for life. And I'm also going with uh, a sixth temporary point as well. 
if the if your partner right is physically abused or physically raped right and dealing with all this type of emotional and psychological abuse as a victim right and also she's not willing to heal right and she's not finding like the purple channel of uh, healing whatsoever see he or she um unfortunately could be a leftover also it could be any form of trauma whether it could be like beat down by like um you know, it could be be like some bullies or it could be like crooked politicians, crooked police, or there were like a family trauma down the line that actually can shook someone for life. Um, they could be a leftover. They don't actually actively seek to heal that trauma by a therapist often. Um, you know what I mean? So I just want to try and lay that out. Now, with those temporary definitions and those temporary points, um, if they're in that little temporary leftover status, they could definitely get themselves out of it um, with proper discipline, with proper care, uh, with proper treatment when it comes to heal, when it comes to therapy, when learning how to change, when holding themselves accountable and actually making the effort to actually change over the years so they could he or she can easily escape that leftover status, which I admit myself, I am in that point as well, which I will also be discussing um, later on in that episode, right? Now, we're going to go to the permanent points um, when it comes to um, being the permanent leftover, right? And when I say permanent number one, I go with P1. So, point P1 over here is someone who is filled with pure, unrighteous hatred for no reason at all that does not want to heal. That's a permanent leftover. P2, right? Someone who sets up a false criminal allegation whether it's murder, whether it's abuse, um, false EPAR, sexual assault, Sex. you know what I'm saying? You know, and that it is later found out by the courts that that person right there is actually not guilty, and the victim really was lying the whole time. You know what I mean? Scar for life, can't get out of that. You know what I mean? Permanent leftover right there. P three, right? Is someone. Who murders unjustly No matter what role it is It could actually just murder somebody It could be premeditated It could be some demon shooting up a school Or some wicked police really Trying to murder somebody for no dang reason He gets off acquitted right? Which leads me to P4 Someone who insists In covering for the murderer Or the abuser right? Whether it could be like a crooked politician Or maybe some friend that's really trying to be desperate As he cover one of their tracks You know they up in that permanent leftover status for life, which unfortunately you will see a lot of them up in this world here. P5, right? If the bodily harm has been discovered or if like someone has been killed or permanently injured, someone who intentionally attacks with bodily harm, if it causes paralysis or death, right? Which would be P5. Now, in the temporary case, if they actually attack a bodily harm and they serve time and actually have performed their life and actually improved and we find the image with a therapist you know they could definitely get out of that stage and finally p6 right p actually p6 okay someone who has multiple kids by multiple partners right six right it could be a serial impregnator impregnating impregnated or some reckless baby mother, you know, a woman baby mama. multiple kids by multiple dudes, right? Oh, I forgot one more thing when it comes to temporary seven. Someone who is unwilling to improve and evolve themselves on all angles, 
right? And it could be permanent on that too. Those are all the definitions on what a leftover truly is. Let it be a leftover man or a leftover woman, right? So what I'm going to be doing moving forward in this episode right here, I'm going to go real deep because those leftovers that you see up there, you know, if the temporary leftovers on TNZ act, you know, and the permanent leftovers, they're already gone, like depending on what they do, unless they get another permanent leftover they want to actually share and do the deals with or a temporary leftover want to share and do the deals with. If they see all that misery coming by, more than likely, it could definitely be a possibility they could be buying some dogs and dying alone. Right? So, with that, I'm going to dig more into specifics when it comes to my definition of a leftover woman as well as my definition of a leftover man. And actually, deeply explain in both cases, you know, if those types of people don't change. It's going to be by dog season and dying alone. Know what I mean? I tell you, I tell you, I tell you. I'm just getting started. I'm just getting warmed up. Y'all better stick with me on this one. Side note here. Um, you know, when it comes with the Syrian impregnators, you know what I mean? That's only if the Syrian pregnant is currently unmarried and he's continuing to do what he's normally doing. You know, he may get out of it if, 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 if he's married and he actually stays loyal to his wife and has as many kids with that wife, you know, he could definitely get out of that leftover phase, but I will definitely get to it in deep, deep detail later on that episode too. Be on the lookout. Yo, yo, I mean, I I got so much that I really want to literally fucking dissect on this whole concept with this whole leftover shit, but it's literally so deep, right? That if I had to literally discuss it all in this episode right here, y'all literally be like getting yourself dozed out to sleep for the next three, four hours. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to break it up into like two more parts, right? So we discussed the overall concept of the leftovers, which we have um, basically discussed minutes ago. And in the next couple episodes, the next two parts, part two, we're going to dig deep into the actual definition of my opinion, um, what the definitions of a leftover woman should be, in my personal opinion, as well as part three. We will be digging into... Christian's theoretical definition of what the leftover man is. So, guys, please, please, please be on the lookout for the for lookout for that. Because I know it's gonna be a long one. I need y'all to actually stick with me through and through and take your moment to analyze this part here because them next two parts are literally gonna be a banger. With that being said, we're gonna close it out for now. We're gonna continue on in, 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 the, in the days coming ahead. All right. Y'all suck up on this, they suck up on this game, y'all suck up on this knowledge. Chris and Paul from the Bob Chronicle sign out. Deuces, deuces, deuces. Take care.